Thank you for tuning in to the WAM Podcast, where women empower women in business and manufacturing. Hey everyone, this is Rosemary Coates in Silicon Valley. I'm your host for this edition of Women in Manufacturing. I'm the executive director of the Reshoring Institute, where we help companies bring back manufacturing to the U.S. or expand their manufacturing here. I also run a global supply chain consulting firm called Blue Silk Consulting, where we help clients with global supply chain projects and where I also do expert witness work. On these podcasts, we interview accomplished women in business and ask them to share their experiences with us. And today I'm thrilled to have our guest, Shirley Dewey, the Senior Vice President of Quality Assurance and Client Services at IAPMO. We are going to be talking about quality inspection and audits and standards in manufacturing. And although those topics may not be super high on your list every day, They are absolutely essential in the backbone of a good manufacturing environment. So welcome, Shirley. Thank you so much, Rosemary. I'm really thrilled to be here. Very honored to be part of this podcast. Thank you again. Well, tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to work at IAPMO. Oh, gosh. Okay. All right. Let's start with my first off college. I work for this manufacturing company. It's called Tatong Company of North America. It's actually a Taiwanese company. They're probably very known for their rice cooker machine, but here in the United States, actually, they assembled computer. If you remember back in the days, you know, we still have those desktop computer with Hewlett Packard. We assembled those. I remember we got this big celebration. We did 1 million unit assembly. That was really fun. Then after that, I work again for another manufacturing company for a number of years. We do artistic board assembly. Then the last company I worked for before moving on to IAPMO actually was the quality manager for Barricap North America. We actually do plastic injection molding for those bottle caps. So if you buy soda pop or water, we actually manufacture those bottle caps. <laughs> it's interesting, a small world. So I went from electronics to plastic injection molding. And while working those, I also does some freelance. I'm doing some ISO 9001 auditing for some of the registrar certification body at the time, and also doing a little bit of a consulting work before joining IATMO. Then IATMO recruit me <laughs> because I actually did help IATMO on their very first initial obtaining accreditation to do an ISO 9001 audit back in the day. So that's kind of the nutshell story of where I'm coming from. I'm doing a lot of manufacturing, then moving on on the other part as the certification body. Tell us a little bit more about IATMO, what kind of services you provide, and tell us about the company. Well, IATMO is actually, some of you who are familiar with IATMO, it's actually originated almost 100 years ago. They were established in 1926. It's an old company. It started out with a group of plumbing inspector in Los Angeles. I know it started with plumbing. And they actually, if you go to like those major retailers for DIY for your home, you actually, you'll see a lot of logo with the UPC shield. Those are IATMO. But fast forward now in the 20, 21st century, we've gone, you know, from plumbing to doing a lot of things, you know, to building construction materials certification to ISO 9001 certification aerospace a certification and the new thing is a cybersecurity certification is coming right up also and we've done a lot of helping a lot of manufacturing with the pre-shipment inspection qc inspection we do testing so we're basically a one-stop shop for conformity assessment and it has gone beyond plumbing but we started with plumbing so when you say conformity assessment 
You mean that the products are conforming to what the plan was or the drawing or the blueprint or the standards? Correct. With the product standards. And in some cases, when you're talking about something that goes into the building, obviously there's health and safety involved. So we have to also not just evaluate to the product standards performance-wise, it's also to the applicable codes, whether it's the uniform plumbing code or the building code, whatever the applicable code, that's where the product is going to get in place. Yes. So sort of keeping us safe, right? Indeed, indeed. That's the mission of IATMO. Yeah, we have a common client in the water industry. That's right. (laughs) The machines, like when you fill up the fill station machines, like when you fill up your water bottle at the airport. And so you would characterize their products and make sure that they were up to standard so that keeps us safe when we're getting drinking water, right? Correct. Yes, we did test a product. We followed all their construction. We even inspected the facility. We audit them. So we did everything to make sure the product is safe for the consumer. All right. Very interesting. And so important. You know, this is one of those hidden services that you don't think about all the time, but so important to keep us all safe in the environment and make sure that the products work as they are expected to work. So, you know, a lot of organizations see these kind of things, testing, and, you know, I do a lot of work in trade compliance also. Mm -hmm. And a lot of companies see this as a cost and a burden and, oh man, we got to do that too, you know, but it's really value-added services, right? Indeed, indeed. And it is a value-added and a lot of people is thinking it's a cost, but just thinking about this way, if you have your product safe, you know, it's compliance. Number one, you have your competitive edge advantage. So you can market those that your product is tested and certified through the whatever the standard, the applicable code and so forth. That's a marketing edge. Secondly, you have your product tested, inspected, and all the, you know, the quality requirement met, the likelihood for you to have a return product or a complaint is your risk is actually reduced tremendously. It is, you know, and Rosemary, you've been in this industry for a long time. You know how much it costs when you have a return. It costs a lot more than actually doing all the preventive upfront. So that's where we're coming. So we have to look at it that we want people to understand that we are your partner here. We want to make sure, you know, to minimize those risks. The return on this investment is way outweighed all those issues. If you're just trying to save a few bucks here, but a return and your reputation, I might add that, it's way higher. There's a famous story, and I don't know if I'll get the exact quotes right, but there's a famous story about quality and at GE and where they determined that if they were making refrigerators and they found a defect in the door, a dent or something like that, and they fixed it right on the manufacturing floor, it cost them about three cents to fix it there. If they waited till it was on the shipping dock and found the dent when it was ready to ship, it was mm-hmm. like 30 cents to, right. fix the, to fix the item. And if they waited all the way until it was ready for transport, it would be three dollars mm-hmm. to get the item back and to fix it and change it. And if it went all the way to the customer and didn't notice there was a dent until they took it out of the wrapping in the customer's home and had to fix it, it would be three hundred dollars. So that's the kind of you know astonishing investment that you would have to make if you weren't testing at the site. So it's really important to do that kind of quality inspection, right? 
Yeah, it's absolutely correct. And we have stories about those and people is like, I wish I had done this. And well, you know, let's be smart about it. Let's think about it. You know, this little cost that you put in up front will go a long way. And not to add to your story with G, you know how much frustration and customer, your consumers, a trust of your product, that can affect your future sales of the product as well. So that $300 is just a small end of that then you have this future sales that you might lose because of this return. Yeah, very smart to consider all that stuff up front to make sure that all of the inspections and the standards are met at the time mm-hmm. of manufacture. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So a lot of manufacturing is taking place in China in particular, but all over the world. Do you have inspectors all over the world? Yes, we do. We do have a network of global inspector and auditor, depending on the need of the client, because inspect again, a lot of people got mixed up inspection, auditing. They're similar, but there are differences on that. Yes, we do have a manpower throughout globally. So inspection would be hands-on at the manufacturing site. Auditing would be after the fact. Uh, right? No, no, not necessarily. Auditing, it's, it's more you're looking more at the systems level. So you're looking more at the procedural, you know, what goes in there, more the process wise. But when you're talking about inspection, your scoping is very much laser focused. So it's very more narrower. So that's when we do like before the product goes into the container, for example, or before shipment, then we do a quick inspection to touch, you know, just a, a quick check before it goes in to make sure everything is good. That's more the inspection aspect of it. But the auditing, it's we actually would interview people, look at the process much more in depth. And normally it takes longer too. (laughs) Okay. All right. Great. So a lot of companies though are moving out of China now. Are you seeing the development of new manufacturing locations in the world? Where are you seeing activity mostly now? Well, it really varies. I do see movement out of China. You know, as everybody knows, every it's on the news every day now with the supply chain crisis. It depends on the product, but I do see quite a bit of a movement going on in the Latin America, which is near, you know, for the reason because of all the supply chain issue, they're looking to Latin America. But Southeast Asia is still a very strong contender. I would say Indonesia, it's, it has a lot of things going on there. Vietnam is another one. And the other country that is still very early on, that, and I'm seeing some potential growth in there, is Cambodia also. So Indonesia, Vietnam, and Cambodia. But Cambodia still have years to go before they're up on their you know productivity capacity to produce. Okay, very interesting. So you're testing to international standards, though, right? Not just standards in each country? That is correct. We do some international standards depending on the market. I mean, obviously, we can't cover all the market in the world, but we do testing on some of the more common market. Obviously, like we have coverage for the North America, which means US, Canada, Mexico. We have Indonesia capability. We got Australia and New Zealand. We also cover some of the Middle East market because there is a lot of export going to the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Dubai, this area. We do a little bit of the European as well market. Okay. Yeah, Europe is an interesting place these days. It's, I don't know whether to say it's super risky or I just can't imagine trying to locate a manufacturing site anywhere in, say, Eastern Europe these days. Yes. It seems like it's really risky. Yeah. It is. It is. And I'm seeing some movement people getting out of the Eastern Europe. They're actually moving their manufacturing. As you heard in the news, you know, unfortunately, very sadly with the Ukraine situation, that has a lot of impact. So I'm seeing requests for people moving out of their manufacturing from those areas. 
Yeah, yeah, it's going to have a huge impact. And there's so much raw materials coming out of or were coming from yes. neon and aluminum, yeah. a lot mm-hmm. of metal, base metal uh, products, and all of that is gone now. Yeah, it's very, very sad, but it's very sad. Plus, it's going to have this huge effect on global supply chains also, because those are base materials that are then sent on to manufacturing sites, whether the manufacturing sites are in China or anywhere else in the world. Now there are going to be shortages in those base materials. Indeed. And what I'm seeing here, all the situation between the pandemic, the war that's going on and the supply chain, it's not going to go away anytime soon. So it's very important. I mean, people say it's going to get fixed in a year. It's not going to fix in a year. You know, let's face it. Let's be realistic here. It's not going to get fixed in a year. Even after the war is ended, you know, you have to rebuild. It's not going to happen overnight. Those things are going to take a decade, you know, if you've seen what's going on on TV. So my only advice is for those who outsource things is, you know, be smart. You know, there's no one size fits all solution. You got to be prepared, minimize your risk. You know, don't put all your eggs in one basket, you know, and try to kind of look at, you know, it's a little bit tough because I'm hearing right now a lot of development construction. There's six months, a year delay. Why? Because they don't have materials. Well, if we were prepared ahead of time, we could have prevented a lot, you know, at least minimize those. Yeah, and now with uh, Shanghai being shut down again for the pandemic, I mean, the buildup of products at the port and the lack of manufacturing coming out of that area is going to make these big whipsaw effects in our global supply chain. I was telling someone the other day, we're likely to start seeing some of those effects and shortages pretty soon within the next couple of weeks. But the recovery process, okay. uh, you know, once they reopen and move forward, we're going to have all this stuff coming towards North America again and have all those huge delays at the ports and so forth. Boy, supply chains are just going to be in chaos, I think, for quite a while. For quite a while. Unfortunately, yes. So that's why I want to kind of educate people and thankful to have some podcasts like this. You know, we can't fix the problems, you know, the entire problem is just impossible. But if we can minimize the risks, you know, that's that's the best we can do. Right. Absolutely. Or try to anyway. So let's talk about North America and America in particular. You know, I run the Reassuring Institute, so I'm always interested in how to help manufacturing in the U.S. How are you helping companies in America? Well, in America, we do a lot of certification. You know, we are a one-stop shop. We do a lot of ISO certification, ISO 9001, for example. And in the aerospace, there's a lot of aerospace defense manufacturing in our land here in the U.S. So we do a lot of AS9100 certification, for example. So those are very critical because the Department of Defense needing would require this type of certification to make sure that the product are good. We also... Before you, before you sell the product to the government, they require certain certifications and, and standards being met and so forth. Okay. Yeah. And then on top of that, the DOD, you heard about all this issue with cybersecurity. So we're actually putting together a program that is going to be launched in a few months is cybersecurity. Those okay. are mandatory. Okay. You know, there's a lot of program that is being required, but for our own government here that the IATMO is seeing the needs for our clients and we're expanding those. Those are one of the aspects. And the other thing for the manufacturing here, we also do supplier audit in here to help some of, you know, to help the distributor retailers out there when they're qualifying a new supplier. We do quite a bit of those work as well. Yes. 
Yeah, I think that's clear to people that work in supply chain. But, you know, a lot of people from the outside world don't realize that it's not just the, the final product that needs to be mm -hmm. checked for quality. It's the entire supply chain. So you yes. need to have quality parts coming from all of your suppliers, whether they're tier one or tier two or tier three. Now, all of that contributes to the final quality of the overall product. So yeah, really important that the whole supply chain is tested and audited, right? Correct. It's a lot involved before you see it, the product actually on the shelf. There's a lot of behind the scene that gets that product from the inception to the raw materials all the way to actually getting in the store. There's a lot. Yeah. Can you give us some examples of companies you've worked with and success stories or or failures even? We like to hear about when things go wrong and how we change that so we avoid those mistakes. Okay. I like success story. How about we start with the success story first? <laughs> we have a lot of great clients. You know, we've worked with, gosh, in Ayatmo, we have maybe four or 5,000 different clients, okay? But we work with big clients, you know, like brand name one. I don't know if I can mention this in this podcast. Can I mention company names? Sure. Okay, so we've worked with, you name it, from Kohler. You're familiar with Kohler, from Moen, Toto, American Standard. They're all our clients, okay, from the plumbing side. We work with the other side. We do with the backup, Hilti. You're familiar with Hilti, the building materials, yeah. Simpson, Strong Tide. Those are our clients. It's just a, a snapshot of some samples. But the one that I always remember are those little ones, the mom and pops, the small businesses. You know, they can be successful as well. I remember one of my early days client here. This is a father and son a little small machine shop just around the corner here. It's not too far from our office here. And they were just a father's son, maybe with a few couple nephews running this little machine shop. And they were like, they, they calling me. It's like, hey, I needed to get this thing called ISO 9000. What is that? So we went through the process. We got them this. It's like, okay. And it's like, hey, I have this opportunity. And because we, we build relationship, you know, I like to have relationship and help them to grow. It's not just about getting a certificate on the wall. It's like, you know what? I heard about this thing. I want to start bidding job for aerospace because I heard those are better for our company. What is this AS9100? Those are the aerospace standards. I said, well, we can do that, but we have to do this, this. And then they went through the process. And I was so happy when they start winning contracts from this aerospace company. Those are like something that makes me really, really happy to see that we can help them grow. You know, you like the success stories. And yeah. they were like, man, this certificate, and they took it too hard. I have clients that, you know, there are clients that just want to put a certificate on the wall and the, their client who actually understood the requirement want to implement too hard and they can get a lot out of it. And that makes me really happy. Right? I'm like, I get teary when I, when I heard the stories and that makes me really happy because we actually helping them to grow and be not just this two, three people machine shop. They can grow. Sky's the limit. <laughs> Any company that needs standards or has those part of their contract or wants to pursue a standard can come to you and you'd help teach them about what they need and then help them through the process, right? We have some training, but we cannot consult for them. I have to be careful because we are independent body. Uh, so what we do is that we go through, explain to them the process or to get certification, without consulting because we can't consult when they do need a consulting help we will just give them a list of names and they can talk to them and find the consultant that fits what they need yes gotcha yeah. okay great awesome any final thoughts Shirley? anything else you'd like us to know before we wrap up i do have a little bit of thoughts here for those that you know because i have some stories about the sad part when people kind of trying to save 
a little bit of a money, and this happened just a few weeks ago, just think it about this way. We offered that program to the pre-shipment inspection, you know, ahead of time, which would be minimal, okay, amount. And they decided, oh, we can forego with this. And then they went on and get tons of products shipped to the warehouse. And this is a one of the retailer. And unfortunately, lo and behold, on a Friday late afternoon, you got a phone call it's like frantically like, oh my God, this product isn't well correctly. We got this thing, but it's already here. So what do you do? So you have to spend money now. We have to send inspector to actually inspect, but now the cost has gone up. So just something to, fruit for thoughts, you know, you have to think about all this after effect, you know, you try to save a little bit here, it might cost a lot. And secondly, when you're trying to find an inspection agency or certification body, there's no one size fits all. You have to interview them, make sure they fit what you need, because at the end of the day, they are your partner. You have to find somebody who you can partner with. And so you can get the best service you can get for your company. That's good advice all across the supply chain. You want the best partner and you need to qualify them. I, you know, I see very often our clients are picking partners because the marketing materials or because it look good or whatever, but they're not the right partners and they haven't done an in-depth review and they get stuck at the end. So yeah, really important. Really important. Yeah. They just go by the name just because so-and-so use them. It's not like that. You have to talk to them. Make sure this is your partner for (laughs) long-term. Right, right, right. And cover what you can and make sure they're a good partner for you going forward. Like we would expect Diatmo to be a good partner with our clients. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we really felt like, you know, we have to be their partner. You know, our customer is what makes us today. So it's important to understand our customer. That's why every time we have a customer call, we spend the time to understand. We're not consulting, but to understand what they really need. And we want to deliver exactly what they need. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Shirley. It was really interesting to talk to you. Can you give us your contact information for IATMO? Sure, sure. I tried to put the contact right behind my screen here, if you can see that. But I do have an email address. I, I, I can provide it to you, Rosemary. It's, it's shirley.dewi at iapmort.org. That's my direct. You can contact me anytime and I'll be happy to help. Okay, great, great. Thank you so much again. Really appreciate it. And you can listen to more podcasts on Women in Manufacturing, the website, which is www.womenandmfg.com. And you can reach me, Rosemary Coates, at rcoates at reshoringinstitute.org. And visit our website, www.reshoringinstitute.org, where we publish all of our manufacturing research and all about manufacturing America. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for joining the WAM podcast, where women empower other women in business and manufacturing. For more shows like this, go to whampodcast.com. That's whampodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.